Price for Thursday, August 17th, 2023. Coming to you from the Go Goat Sports Studio, built by Arbor Lee here at the Iconic Wall Center, downtown Vancouver. If you're visiting Vancouver, if you want to stay out by the airport, the Weston Wall Center YBR. Get some rest, relaxation in those plush, heavenly beds. Matt cares alongside Blake Price, Grace Sass, Hidden Switches, conducting things in the producer's booth. And this show, a presentation of Applewood Auto Group, where you can get the 23 Centra from $83 weekly, the 23 Qashqai from 76 weekly, or the 23 Rogue from $99 weekly. That's Applewood Nissan Langley, Applewood Nissan Surrey, and Applewood Nissan Richmond, because, Blake Price, it's all good at Applewood. All good at Applewood. Bodog poll question today. What will be the next NHL award won by the Canucks? You can vote for Elias Patterson and the Selkie Trophy. You can vote for Quinn Hughes and a Norris, Thatcher Demko and a Vezina, or Rick Tockett with the Jack Adams. Do so at Sakarison Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. Giants are a three-point home favorite over Carolina in the NFL preseason. Panthers need to be cautious with their slight number one overall pick, Bryce Young. And, you know, teams typically try harder at home in preseason games. New York, New York on your Bodog line of the day. So we came to this poll question because we were kicking around Elias's stated goal now to improve on 102 points this coming season. We know he's one of the fine defensive forwards in the National Hockey League. And with Patrice Bergeron now retired, um, how about that? Others get to win the Selkie Trophy now. <laughs> He yes. just owned it. He he happened to loan it out on occasion. And Krejci gone too, so there's a couple of mm. good defensive forwards out of the league. Now, we didn't put Elias Hart trophy there just because in Connor McDavid's NHL, that is a very, very high bar to get to. More on that later in the program with Rob Williams, Rob the hockey guy. Now, I think to a lesser degree, Hughes winning the Norris is going to be very, very difficult He'll need team success, much like Elias will need team success to win anything, and Demko to win the Vezina, not to mention Tockett, the Adams. But the quality of defensemen right now in the National Hockey League is extraordinary. And, of course, that Kale McCarr kid, boy, what a talent he is, a cover boy for the EA Sports game, of course, already a Stanley Cup champion, already a Norris winner. So I, I, I think it's going to be difficult for Quinn to topple Kale McCarr in the short term. think he can, but it's going to take a lot. Thatcher winning the Vesna is might be my number two choice here, Blake. Yep. Particularly if he's under fire, as we have seen in the past. Now, I know Tockett wants to put in a stouter system and make life easier on the goaltender, but I'm still not sure the talent and the personnel is there whereby Thatcher isn't going to have to stand on his head on a number of occasions this year. So I, I think there, and you know, we also see goaltending year to year guys rise up and have incredible seasons like Linus Allmark last year in Boston, but I voted talk it for the Adams. And I'm going to draw the parallel here to LA Vigneault's first season where he came on in, wasn't the most talented team. They played great defense. Goaltender stood on his head and AV walked away with the Jack Adams award. I mean, it's unabashedly, it is the most likely thing. It's, it's, I hate to say this. It's the easiest trophy to win. Of well, them. and I think it's the only one that they can win this year. I mean, again, Demko yes. Vezina has a, there's a chance there, 
but I do think Pedersen and Hughes are more longer term bets. Whereas like you, you know, turnarounds for teams, lots of shine goes to the coach. It's a high profile figure in the NHL as well. Talk it. So I could absolutely see him getting a lot of love on the Jack Adams side. If the Canucks have the season that they're hoping to have. You you also don't need uh, prior success per se, you know, like you, um, it's not a legacy award. It's a, a one award, season, yeah. one off award. Yep. Don't need reputation, which is odd. Actually, <laughs> it's kind of odd that, that that you don't need to be a sort of a seasoned coach. And in fact, a lot of times, the more unlikely you are to have success, <laughs> the more that they want to praise you for your for any level of success. So, just unabashedly, the easiest trophy to win. That being said. I think Elias Pettersson has a cottage industry of fans out there around the league. I, I think he's a fashionable player to like. Um, I think saying that you think Elias Pettersson is a good player um, makes you sound smart because he's a, he's a fairly complete player. So I think it's a you know I think voters it proves you're staying up late on the East Coast and watching a, a little bit of that <laughs> proves that you understand analytics, um, all that sort of stuff. So. I think like a, a successful team year, and, and this is the unfair thing with, with a lot of the individual awards, that generally needs to come with some level of team success. I mean, if he if he improves upon last year with points and this team makes the playoffs, um, I think he's got a, a, a chance at the at the Selkie and he'll get heart votes. Now it depends on what everybody else is doing with regards to the heart as to whether or not he can win it, but he'll certainly well, get hard votes. Win it. Win it is a very, very high bar. You all, you almost yeah. need Connor McDavid to get hurt. Uh, or or the Oilers to fall so but the flat. Boredom, the boredom factor is a real thing. It is. Mm-hmm. So okay. if he's just if he just has a decent year, like if Connor McDavid only scores 130 points, like that that's that's par for him. And P, and as unfair as that is, mm-hmm. he gets judged against his par. That's just the way voters yeah. work. Uh Interesting announcement today coming out of Simon Fraser University. SFU is going to face Boston University and Boston College in January. And, of course, when they face Boston University, high likelihood that Macklin Celebrini, the first overall pick, presumptive in next year's draft, will be on the ice, as well as his brother Aiden, Vancouver Canucks defense prospect draft in the seventh round this year and their first round picked Tom Wheeler. Suddenly this is fun. I, I think it's, it's, it's an unbelievable experience for the guys to play for SFU, including the son of one Paul Dolan, who's in goal for SFU. Um, <laughs> good luck to yes, Kale. You might be facing a few Kale, shots absolutely. in these games. Although, um, and I know Simon Fraser doesn't play U sport, although Canadian colleges and universities tend to have older players so yep. that can be from a competitive but grind out some mm-hmm. results a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, these are road games in Boston too, so you're on their turf. Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough <laughs> ask, but it'll be um, it, it'll sort of force I think the local fans to pay attention to a couple of these university games and, and pay attention to Willander and and, and Macklin and it's uh it's good it's a it's a little flag that runs up in the middle of the college schedule yeah. that we can uh, we can look well, forward to and, and also you know beyond the Canucks Lane Hudson's a fantastic defense prospect with the Montreal Canadiens uh, Drew Camiso a second round pick 
of Chicago also on that BU team. And then you go over to Boston College where you have three first-round picks from this past draft, Will Smith, Ryan, who went fourth overall to San Jose, Ryan Leonard, eighth overall to Washington, and Gabe Perot, the son of former NHLer Yannick, who went to the New York Rangers. So there's going to be a lot of talent on the ice there with those two mm-hmm. Boston area schools facing SFU. BC Lions in Regina Sunday to face the Rough Riders. They are, well, they were a 10-point favorite. They're now a 9.5-point favorite against a injury-laden Rough Riders team that, of course, is without their starting quarterback. It's roughly around this time of year, Blake, especially when I was back on the football beat, where you start paying attention to NFL camps, you start paying attention to potential cuts, and you certainly track the Canadians that are down there, particularly the Canadians who are drafted by CFL teams. Now, I will say this. The BC Lions have five, own the rights of five NFL players right now, Canadians, Canadian NFL players, and it is a star-studded list. That's the good news. The bad news is I'm not sure any of these guys are going to be available to the Leos this year or in the near future. We've got Nathan Rourke in Jacksonville, of course. Chase Claypool from Abbotsford, the wide receiver with the Chicago Bears, not in danger of being cut. Christian Covington has forged himself a terrific career as a defensive lineman, and boy, to meet Christian Covington is to fall in love with Christian Covington. He's a big personality, gregarious guy. He's now with the Detroit Lions. They've got an offensive lineman that they took, Alaric Jackson at the University of Iowa with the L.A. Rams. He actually played a fair bit last year despite being undrafted in the NFL draft. And then what a fantastic story, the wide receiver John Metchie from the University of Alabama. He's with the Houston Texans, and he is back on the field practicing with his teammates after battling leukemia in his first NFL season after being a pick. So I think those are all longer-term guys for the Lions, and in fact, it may well be that many of those guys never see the CFL and the BC Lions. There's also some CFL veterans, American players, who are down there to keep an eye on, although not a ton of weaknesses on this Lions squad, as well as some free agent Canadians in the CFL who, if they were to get cut, would be pursued by CFL clubs. So it was uh, it was kind of fun watching Nathan Rourke's exhibition game the other day, taking on Neville Gallimore on the other side of the ball. Uh, we had a couple of Canadians staring down at each other. That was kind of fun. And I must say, we've done a very good job at developing football players. Over, like I, I can remember when I was first covering football, like twenty twenty five years ago. I mean, you could almost count the Canadian non kickers on one hand. Now, right, seemingly they're everywhere: defensive line, offensive line linebackers, even in the secondary and at wide receivers. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot of Canadian talent down there in NFL NFL camps. Whitecaps Sunday, home, 7.30, San Jose, BC Place, MLS action. Last home game until September 30th, seven in a row on the road after this. Do you have any sense of lineup, Mr. Price? I know it's only Thursday. Yeah. But Larea, Atacube, the two Canadian internationals, we anticipate they'll make their Whitecaps MLS debut here. How's Ryan Gall? Do you have any information there? 
I, I don't remember. It's actually kind of Wednesday in our normal course of things because they normally play Saturdays and this is a Sunday game. So really, um, you know, we're, we're actually back in the week according to the normal uh, schedule of things. So they've still got a couple more days of, uh, of full training here ahead. So I think uh, Vanny Sartini is going to use every day uh, to make these decisions and uh and we'll see like i i wouldn't be surprised if neither Adekube or Lorea start yes. i would guess Lorea starts um, if anyone if anyone because he's not too far removed he played games with TFC this year obviously the first half of the season so um so he's he should be pretty close to game fitness um Adekube got a couple of exhibition matches in uh in in turkey but uh, you know, not mid-season form by any stretch of the imagination. So um, he might be a 60-minute uh, substitution, I think. But we'll see. Mariners get a win last night against Kansas City. Julio Rodriguez with four hits. Cal Rowley with a big home run. All he does is hit big home runs. And Canadian Matt Brash earns his third save of the season. It preserves a win for Luis Castillo, their fine-starting pitcher, who is simply 9-7, and seven, but has pitched much better than that. And they gain on the Blue Jays, who lose to Philadelphia. Bryce Harper goes deep a couple of times. Kevin Gosman gets lit up in a 9-4 loss. And, and Boston loses again. The bullpen spoils a quality start from Ladner's James Paxton in D.C. against the Nationals. So it's now Toronto on that final wildcard spot. And Houston's actually three up on the Blue Jays right now in the wild card race, Blake. So don't want to lose touch there if you're Toronto. M's just one back of the Jays, Boston three back. And the Yankees are under 500 this late in the season for the first time in 30 years. So more wow. separation happening from the bottom of the chase pack in the wild card standings. In Major League Baseball. And the good news for the Vancouver Canadians is they did get back on the diamond and play last night in Eugene after Tuesday's game was postponed because of air quality. The bad news is that they lost and snapped their season high six game winning streak. Let's get to today's menu. It's brought to you by De Dutch to breakfast, to brunch, to lunch, get it all. At the Dutch, we'll talk to Rob Williams, Rob the Hockey Guy, our Thursday regular here. Topics include, well, it's our first time chatting with him since the signing of Pius Suter. We ask him the poll question and talk Canucks player awards. Also, Elias Patterson, his stated goal of breaking 102 points and improving on last year, as well, a first-of-its-kind sports brand featuring an iconic or sorry, a first-of-its-kind sports bar featuring an iconic sports brand on the campus of UBC, of all places. We'll get to that story. Hashtags the best and worst of Twitter. More confirmation of what an incredible year it's been for Canadian golf, plus a local derby match this weekend. And then we'll go to the people. Your hot takes, your tell-me-I'm-wrongs, your comments and feedback on the segments and social posts you hear here on Sakarison Price. You can always reach us live at SakarisonPrice.com by text 778-402-9680 to the Great Clips text message inbox. And, of course, on Twitter, at Sakarison Price. No matter what you're buying, folks, when you're out in the world looking for this, that, and the other, I think you want to support businesses that you feel good about supporting. You can feel good about supporting the Applewood Auto Group. Uh, they've made the car business. And communities around them a whole lot better with their work in the community. Go and find out why it is indeed 
all good at Applewood. Visit them online anytime at Applewood.ca. Happy Hour brought to you by Yellow Dog Brewing, Neighborhood Brewing, Workshop Spirits, and Yellow Dog has been brewing up a little surprise. Angry Otter Lager. It's a crisp, clean, and crushable lager enjoyed by dogs and otters alike. You can find this tasty brew at all Angry Otter locations. End of the workday. Treat yourself to a Yellow Dog neighborhood or workshop spirit. Let's get into it. I don't know if it was malicious. Probably not. But I do know it was another WTF moment. My question to ownership would be, was it worth it? And the architect... And I use that term loosely, given there wasn't much architecture, more finger painting with this team. It's like the running of the bulls in Pamplona. You know someone is going to get hurt. That's what you all need to understand here, right now. NHL Network produced its list of top 50 prospects this week, and there's a theme that happily intersects with the Vancouver Canucks' recent draft record. Six of the 50 players on this list are defensemen drafted beyond the first round. They include Alexander Nikishin, Nikishin, the 20th-ranked prospect, a Carolina third-rounder from 2020. 23rd overall, Olin Zellweger from Anaheim. He was a second-round pick in 2021. Number 26 prospect is Lane Hudson, a little defenseman the Canadians took. 62nd overall in 2022. 41st, Brock Faber of Minnesota, second-rounder in 2020. 47, Stanislav Svozil from Columbus. You may remember how great he played for the Czechs in the World Junior Championships. He was a third-rounder, 69th overall two years ago. And then number 50, Riker Evans of the Seattle Kraken. He may well make their team this year with Carson Soucy here in Vancouver. He's a second-rounder from 2021. Now, there are no Canucks prospects in the top 50. But given the way they've drafted over the last two years, the lesson of drafting defensemen early and often has finally been learned. Vancouver has drafted seven D-men in the last two drafts, all but Tom Wielander, the 11th overall pick this year, came after the first round. As Blake always says, treat draft picks like lottery tickets, accumulate them, then spend them on premium positions. They selected, of course, no defensemen at the home draft in 2019. But there are some interesting lottery tickets since then. Jacob Truscott, Kirill Kudryatsev, Elias Patterson, EPD. And then there's this year's crop of Wheelander, Hunter Brestevich, Sawyer Minio, and Aiden Celebrini. Those draftees should help stock the Canucks organizational draft uh, depth chart on defense. And along with college free agents Kito Hirose and Cole McWard, not to mention Philip Johansson, a one-time first-rounder, the Canucks should find a player or two there. And even if it's just one low-cost defenseman that can become a regular over the next season or two, the Canucks' build gets a significant boost. And hey, maybe even a top 50 accolade. That's welcome, Matt, for today. We invite your feedback. Feedback channels as follows on email. Live at SecarisonPrice.com. You can text 778-402-9680 on Twitter at Matt Sikaris, at Sikarison Price. And a welcome at a presentation of Great Clips, the official hair salon of the National Hockey League. There are 37 of them in Vancouver and the Lower Mainland. Sikaris Price from Wall Center presentation, Applewood Auto Group, and hashtags the best and worst of Twitter. We'll start, Blake. Well, I'll start with Shana Goldman, 
I believe her second appearance on the hashtags this week. At Hey Shay. Look at some of the biggest trade targets between now and the 2024 trade deadline. Call them on The Athletic. And interesting that and the 2024 trade deadline because we were kind of expecting a bigger summer of NHL player movement and transactions than what has otherwise transpired here to date on August 17th. Names on her list include Willie Nylander, Connor Hellebuck, Mark Scheifele, John Gibson, Brett Pesci, and Elias Lindholm. Now, doesn't mean these guys can't get moved here in what's left of August or even the early going of September, although we don't tend to see bigger trades in September. Are we at all surprised, Blake, or are we just chalk it up to flat cap as to why Calgary and Winnipeg perhaps haven't moved on those guys, Nylander, Gibson in, in Anaheim and, and Pesci in, in Carolina? I'm a little surprised on Gibson. Um because they've but, been holding that, and he's been on the deadline for some time for a yeah. full rebuild team. Yes, it is quite surprising. Yeah, it's a little bit curious. And, and and the veteran guys, the veteran UFAs is another sort of shoe that hasn't really dropped, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe we get a very active mm-hmm. first three months of the season. Maybe pre-Christmas, yeah. you know, if uh, a team stubs its toe, maybe it's quick to make that move. But it is a little bit curious that we haven't seen a little bit more trade activity. But. And in terms of Gibson and Hellebuck, it may just be a function of the goaltender market being so volatile, you know, not to mention the fact Gibson's 6.4 for the next four years. He's 30 now and he's got a modified no trade. He's got a 10 team no trade list. But yeah, uh, I think there was some hope amongst Canucks fans that Calgary and Winnipeg would go through some degree of retool or even rebuild. And I have yet to see that. But maybe maybe Winnipeg's waiting for somebody who's taking a bit of a flyer on their goaltender to stub their toe and be like, okay, God, we need some help here. You know, like you know, if, if the Oilers start the season and neither Campbell or Skinner can stop a puck, do the Oilers need to come? Yeah. To Connor Hellebuck, and you know that's out of out of division at the uh, at the very yeah. least. Uh, they'd have to probably peel off a first round pick to make that happen. Oh, I, mean, I, I, I think at least that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. Because you know, you'd also have to ask them probably to take Campbell, so yeah. um, it would get ugly. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I like this one because um, you know, if you can imagine, if you're over the age of 35 and you wake up with aches and pains because you, I don't know, took out the trash or did something benign, <laughs> um, this really spoke to me today. After Teron Armstead uh, left Dolphins practice with injury, Tyreek Hill was in front of the microphones after practice. At Cameron Wolf, Tyree Kill says he doesn't think Teron Armstead's injury is serious. Hill laughingly says Armstead told him, quote, I'm straight, man. I'm just old, end quote. He, <laughs> no injury. I'm wow. just old, so things hurt. And so he had to leave, which, you know, again, just uh, connects with a lot of us, I think, out there who did something remotely active the day mm-hmm. previous and feel it the next day. Well, I, I will uh, clarify that Toronto Armstead is 32 years old. Yeah, but in the scheme of, uh, of football players, uh, that football would be pretty puts old. some age on your body. Yeah. Uh, the one thing about retired pro football players is they they tend to walk with a bit of a limp they before do. their peers are yes. walking with the limp. Uh, they pay a tax, a physical tax, yeah. to play that game. At Bob Weeks TSN. 
We've been wondering about the Canadian Four and their chances of advancing past the second stage of the PGA Tour playoffs and the FedEx Cup into the Tour Championship next week in Atlanta. Well, according to Data Golf, Bob Weeks, Nick Nick Taylor's 100%. Like, like Nick Taylor basically can't lose here. Yeah. He is going through the Tour Connors is 88.5%, so we all thought Connors has a pretty good chance of advancing as well, and there it is, almost 9 out of 10. Then we get to the two other BC boys, Hadwin at 4.4%, Surrey's Adam Svensson at 3.5%. Jessica Hadwin, Adam's very funny wife uh, on Twitter, did have a tweet about this, uh, which has since been taken down. I'll paraphrase, but she said, ah, putting my list together for next week, things that he needs to accomplish. So um, follow Jessica through the weekend because she is always a good, always a good read, particularly when Adam is on course. I thought she was going to give the customary. So you're saying there's a chance. Well, um, there, there was a little bit of a hashtag with that. Yes. Yeah. 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 She said, you know, no, no, it's keeping the faith. But, you know, in the case that he doesn't make it, she's got the honeydew list ready for next week. And then weeks further report. Canadian Ben Silverman is in the top spot on the Corn Ferry Tour points list, Blake, after his tie uh, after his tie for 14th at the last event. The top finisher is fully exempt on the PGA Tour for next year. They're not subject to any kind of reshuffling, and they get into the 2024 Players Championship and U.S. Open. So if Silverman can 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 keep that top ranking, we're going to have another permanent full time member of the PGA Tour from Canada next season. And and speaking of Canadian and golf. Well, and don't count out Merritt's Roger Sloan on that tour either. Right, He's exactly. as well. And uh, speaking of Canadian golf, Adam Stanley with a feature in the Washington Post today about Canadian golf, the rise of Canadian golf. Only the United States has more players in the BMW Championship, 50 guys total. Only the United States has more entrance than Canada. So that's just fantastic work from our PGA Tour pros. Just following up, uh, Sloan's 32nd. The top 30 earn PGA Tour cards, and those would be the more conditional cards. Um, but uh, Sloan's just outside that, so he needs a, a result or two here coming down the stretch to uh, to make sure that he is A-OK for next season. Uh, at Max Bretos Sports, Vlatko Andonovsky took a lot of heat for failure down under and earned his share of blame. If you think a new coach flicks the switch and the United States are headed back to the World Cup uh, final again, think again. Look at both World Women's World Cup finalists, Spain and England. This is a big fix. So as much as we're sort of rending our garments, as Tony Gallagher would say, over the Canadian team and, uh, and you know, what direction they might be going in and who should be leading that team, they're going through all that same stuff as uh, the U.S. Women's National yeah. Team coach steps away and they lick their wounds and wonder uh, what lies ahead. I read that and I wondered, is Bev Priestman next? Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if Bev continues, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, as would I. And then lastly for me, and staying on soccer, and hey, big weekend of soccer here in Vancouver. We know the Whitecaps are back at it in MLS play Sunday against San Jose, 7.30 p.m. But if you're so inclined on Saturday, you can head out to the Langley Event Center where Vancouver Football Club at Van Football Club, Saturday, August 19th, join us for BC Proud Derby. 
The first 2,000 fans to arrive are going to receive a pride bandana. This is Vancouver FC versus Pacific FC, the Georgia Strait battle, Blake, in the CPL. So I know a soccer, the soccer community has plenty to take in this weekend in terms of live games. And that's hashtags for today. Here's Price from Wall Center and a presentation of Applewood Auto Group. Applewood Kia, Applewood Mitsubishi, Applewood Nissan, all your favorite brands are there on the Applewood banner. Uh, you can find Applewood Mitsubishi at the Richmond Auto Mall. You can take a test drive in the car that I've been driving, the Mitsubishi Outlander. You're probably sick and tired of me boasting about the fuel efficiency or a lack of use of fuel in the plug-in hybrid model. Um, so let me tell you about something that uh, is uh, a little bit more fun. Uh, the luxury appointed quilted leather seats, the massive touch screen uh, that makes you feel like you're in a spaceship when you're driving the Mitsubishi Outlander. Go take one for a test drive today at the Richmond Automall. Bodog poll question today. What will be the next NHL award won by the Canucks? You can vote for Elias Pettersson taking home the Selkie, Quinn Hughes the Norris, Demko the Vezina, or Rick Tockett the Jack Adams or vote at secure some price on Twitter. Bodog, your source for casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. Bodog, line of the day from me, Winnipeg into Calgary tomorrow where the stamps are smarting from that beatdown at BC Place. There's a high total here featuring pretty two pretty good defenses. And let's remember, Calgary held Toronto in check a couple weeks ago. I'm going under 47.5 points on your Bodog line of the day. Here he is, the National Sports Editor of the Daily Hive and their offside sports vertical, Rob the Hockey Guy, Rob Williams. Back on Sick Harrison Price. Rob, how are you? Doing great, fellas. How are you? Yeah, Good. fantastic, buddy. Uh, wonderful weather here. Looking forward to another great Vancouver weekend in the summer. Last Friday, Pew Suter signed with the Vancouver Canucks. Our first opportunity to talk to you about it. Love to get your two cents on the signing and uh, what you've noticed there from Canuck Nation in reaction to this signing. Yeah, it's, it feels like that's they're on a nice little streak of having players signed in free agency and the fans kind of applaud it. And I think fans and media are kind of uh, all in agreement that this is a really good deal for the Canucks. I think that they, you know, they, they found someone, you know, in the, out of the bargain bin here a little bit, right. Where Suter probably thought that his value is a bit higher, probably thought he was going to get more in free agency in early July. I did as well. Um, the market wasn't there for him for whatever reason. And uh, the Canucks come in and, and scoop up a third line center that kills penalties. I know there's he's not a, you know a perfect player by any means, but he's not an offensive black hole for that third line. And I think that's really important when you think about all the wingers the Canucks have, all the scoring wingers that they have. You know, um, you know guys like Connor Garland, uh, Vasily Podkolzin, maybe Ilya Mikheyev, or, or uh, Nils Hoaglander ends, ends up on on that line. Uh, and I think that the the concern prior to this signing was, you know, was Teddy Bluger going to give you enough offense in that role? So now you have a, you have someone that can play a, a two way game, and and um, you know, and you can kind of give them a, a few different roles, um, you know, depending on which way uh, it shakes up. These aren't sexy that. players that they've picked up in both July and in August now, but 
The Canucks had sexy players. The problem was they didn't have the, the sort of the foundation, you know, building block players for penalty kill and that sort of thing. Um, you know, they had scoring. They, they, they've got flash and dash, and particularly when you add Ilya Mikheyev, who's sort of a forgotten man. Um, yeah, I mean, these are nice These are nice ads this summer. We sort of asked yesterday, like, was that a good summer? Was Overall, has this been a good summer for the Cucks? And it does feel like it's been a, a tidy enough summer, given that they, again, didn't need to add the sexiness. Our terminology, Rob, was move the needle. <laughs> yes, the offseason <laughs> moved, the, and you can define that as you see fit. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the, the sum of all the parts, right? Like, there's not one singular player where you're like, aha, that's the guy that's going to turn this around. And I think that that's kind of what they've tried to go for in the past. And, and I mean, remember how infuriating... I, I think that was probably last season, the first half of the year, was probably the most infuriating Canucks team maybe that I've ever watched because they had so much talent and they were playing... And they were scoring and they were playing so offensive, but they just did not like like the way they played defensive hockey and this is not just the defense but the forwards too was like insulting to watch as, as, as a hockey viewer it really was it was like are it's you a great me? term rob right? because like, they weren't playing the they weren't playing the defensive side of the ice you're quite right, right. Like insulting's many, a great word how many no look backhand sauce uh you know breakaways did they give up on the on the when they're on the power play i mean it was just just ridiculous to watch. So yeah, you just want, you just want some guys that are in there that just play, you know, a safe game. And that's why, you know, Phil Giuseppe like rose up the ranks because he just played smart hockey and he, and he worked hard and, and, um, you know, and, and just had some guys, you know, like the, the term that Rick Tockett uses like predictable hockey, you know, you're going to get out of the guy. So I think that they've added more guys like that. And I think the the hope is, is that you add a bunch of these guys into your lineup you have players that will play more of the Rick Tockett style. Maybe you have a few, few, fewer guys that, when things maybe don't go, you know, if things go wrong early on in the season, you got fewer guys in the lineup that are thinking, "Oh God, here we go again," um, because they weren't here for all those losses in the in the past few years. So I think there's. Do you think? Yeah, do you, do I, I think, think fans and media want Pearson in the lineup? Do you, Do you think that they want him to come back? Do you think they want that kind of player, despite the fact that it then it would precipitate something else? Uh, something else needs to happen uh, cap wise. But do you think fans slash team want him back? I mean, I think nobody wants his career to end like this. Um, right. But yeah, cap wise, I mean, that's not a player that they want, and that's not a player I don't think that that fans want in in the lineup right now. I think they'd, you know, if if Pearson could be fully healthy and move on to another team, that would probably be the <laughs> the best case scenario. I don't think you're going to move that contract though. But yeah, no, he's. I mean, it remains to be seen. Like you know, he's now another year older and and was never fleet of foot, so doesn't kill penalties. You know, he's not really ticking a lot of boxes i did i did i i, I did like him i thought i was i i think i was higher on pearson than most uh, for most of his time in vancouver but yeah it's it's the cap situation is is really tricky for them right now and if you now add in another you know probably overpaid winger into your lineup that doesn't kill penalties that's not really high on their list of of needs Rob Elias Pedersen says his goal this year is to exceed 102 points, his total from last year. Look, as great as a 103 or so point season is, I'm not sure that gets you into the Hart or Art Ross discussion in Connor McDavid's NHL. 
So we're asking on today's Bodog poll question, and in part because Blake just keeps bringing up Selkie and backchecking, what will be the next league award won by the Canucks? A Pedersen Selkie, a Hughes Norris, a Vezina for Thatcher Demko, or, or a Jack Adams for Rick Tockett, but feel free to go off the board if you so choose. Pedersen right? Hart, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do I do think it's funny because I like – uh, I, I did. I did get a vote in the NHL awards for the first time this this year, and it gave me an opportunity to vote for Connor McDavid for the heart, which obvious. But for me, it's obvious every year. Like Connor McDavid should. Win. I would have. I would have given it to him when they missed the playoffs. Like I don't. I don't even care. Like he's the best player. He's the most valuable player every single year. But NHL award voters do get bored, and they do like a good story. So I do think if you know maybe McDavid doesn't doesn't have like a 40 point lead on everybody and the Canucks make the playoffs and Pedersen hits, I don't know, 120 points. I could see, I, I could see a world where, where Pedersen, uh, I don't think it needs to be that much. In, honestly, he gets in. It, if he's 105 oh, points, if guys. he's 105 points and the Canucks finished like second or third in their division, oh, I think guys. he gets a lot of them. No, no, I, I don't think that's the most likely scenario no. at all. No, no. Uh, I think Quinn Hughes is going to have to, that's like a reputation award more so. And, and, uh, it's going to be difficult for him to 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 get there right now. I think you know once once the Canucks become a better team and and Hughes is still doing his thing, I think he'll be uh, much more in the conversation. Uh, Selkie, Selkie again. I think that's one you have to kind of work at for a few years. So I wouldn't give it that. I think Rick Tockett for the coach of the year is by far the most the the best yeah. chance. I think Vezina Demko for the Vezina. I I could see a, I could see him grabbing that as well. But Tockett for 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 coach of the year, Canucks make the playoffs. Team improves in in uh, on the penalty kill. They improve in goals against, um, and they play hard yeah. for him. I could see I could see him grabbing that as well. Hey, uh, th- th- there's a hearkening here to Alain Vigneault's first year in 06-07, if I'm not mistaken, where the team where he came on in, team didn't have a ton of offensive talent. They locked things down with Roberto Luongo as the goaltender and as the primary player in the team MVP, AV won the Jack Adams. In terms of Patterson getting into the Hart Trophy voting, guys, McDavid had 153 points last year. He had 105 in 56 games two years ago. I, I think the Canucks would almost have to win the division and Elias go for something crazy what like 120. slumps to 120 points? Okay, but how... how yeah. <laughs> Well, look, it has like a terrible I'm season not, of 120 I'm, points. I'm not sure that name and slump belong in the same sentence. And, and Blake, to answer your question, it was a mere 123 in 80 games two seasons ago. Oh. So that's probably the low bar you're going to get from Connor McDavid, barring injury. You know, I, I think for Pedersen to even be in the discussion for Hart, the point totals will be have to be off the hook. The penalty killing defensive play will have to be roundly lauded and the team will have to probably finish ahead of the Oilers um, to get that sort of consideration. I sort of agree with Rob. I, I think Tockett, you know, based on team improvement might be the best candidate here um, when it comes to uh, NHL awards. And the what did you make of him saying he wants to top next year's uh, last year's point total, Rob? Yeah, I, I think Grady's the one that dug that one up. So I, I thought that was yeah uh, interesting. I mean, that's that's should be your goal every year, right? I thought that's like 
you know, how, how do you want to, how many points do you want to score? It was like, I want to score more than I, more than I did last year. I mean, I'm sure he'd take, he'd take fewer points if it, if it meant more team success as well. Right. But uh, yeah, no, of course he's, he's, you know, he should be viewing himself as a player on the rise that uh, gets better and better with each year. Elsewhere, uh, you were on the uh, sports bar beat um, with the opening of the Sports Illustrated, a brand that many people don't even know about, probably depending on their age. And I'm I'm totally okay with the resuscitation of this brand because it was so beloved for so many decades in North America. Um, so by all means, uh, use it for something else, but it's just a little bit odd that whoever opened this bar, do we even know who's attached to this bar? But this is the first time that Sports Illustrated has been used as a bar brand and it happens right here in Vancouver at UBC. Yeah. Sports Illustrated Clubhouse, a shout out to our dish team that, uh, that was covering this story, uh, raised my eyebrow as a sports fan, of course, and. Uh, so it's taking over the old beer craft uh, location out in UBC. Uh, they've partnered with, I can't remember the name of the company, but they partnered with a company that uh, is responsible for OEB, the breakfast uh, uh, oh, breakfast okay. chain um, that, that has a few locations in uh, the lower mainland. So uh, yeah, it's, it, I, you know, it looks like a, I don't know, like, like a cactus club kind of type menu and, and uh, you know, Urban lounge, yeah, yes. you know, like yeah. what is it, uh, premium, <laughs> premium casual dining or whatever, whatever the the uh, buzzword is for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it looks it looks like a, a cool spot. They've got lots of TV screens to watch the game. Um, yeah, it, it 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 it's it's an odd choice, right? Like of all the places, it's it's out by UBC. It's it's miles away from anything. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not cl- it's not a, a close spot for a lot of people. Um, wish them but all gentlemen, <laughs> gentlemen, it has a captive audience right there <laughs> on campus. A lot of beer fueled males who want to watch the NFL on Sunday yeah. and hockey during the week. And let's remember UBC is one of the biggest student bodies. I think it's University of Central Florida, Ohio State, U of T, and UBC are like the biggest schools. On the can on the continent in terms of students, so um, I I can sort of understand it. I got to say though, Rob, it is so entirely weird to me that a publication once known as the Bible of Sports is now into sports bars. Like I'm waiting for the Baseball America Clubhouse and the Hockey News Sports Bar <laughs> next. <laughs> Sporting news, yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. But there isn't a there isn't a marquee sports bar downtown. You know, like I think about, uh, you know, I, I wonder if there's a room for expansion if this goes uh, decent. Because think about if 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 you have a tourist that says I want to go to a sports bar, you've got like five probably in your head. But there's yeah. not the default obvious one like there is in Toronto with, I forget what the, the massive Real one sports. is in Toronto. Uh, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Real Sports. Or whatever it is. You yeah. know, it's just, you know, that's the default one. It's yeah. it's, it's around the sporting uh, rinks and it's just, it's it's there. Like, what's the default position here in Vancouver? I don't know that there is one. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've long kind of looked at those empty parking lots across the street from Rogers Arena and thought, like, wouldn't it be great if they had you know, a real vibe here right across the street. And I know they've got the Shark Club. I think Shark Club's probably the 
the best sports bar. I haven't in, been there in, in a long time, so I don't know what it looks like right now. But yeah, yeah it's 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 been uh, I think it was freshly updated in the last few years. But that's like you know that's like two blocks away from one of the doors at at Rogers Arena. It's not the the main entrance, right? Like the, I'd say, like the main entrance to Rogers Arena is is the is the gate that faces the SkyTrain right by the the Roger Nielsen right. statue. Imagine if you had a sports bar right across the street from there, like a good one, right? That really had a nice, good vibe, and you had people going there before every single game and after and after every game. Um, I think that would, be, you know, would would kind of add to the to to the kind of game day experience. I know they've they've got the sports bar in Rogers Arena. I, I haven't been there in a while. I, I wonder how many how it's not open how every day. Right? Yeah, no. I, yeah, I, I was going to say like Sports Bar at Rogers Arena is a very cool space and great food. And shout out Chef Robert Bartley and, and Dave Dave Whitworth uh, who do a fabulous job running that place. I mean, the pint is I would think yeah. is our de facto um, good call on yeah. Granville. Superb. Blake and I were there for the. Um, uh, for the Super Bowl last year, and there, I mean, there's some other places that you can go around town, but you're right. There's not one that's sort of as universally um, known as uh, real sports in Toronto. So it's a little more fragmented, but yeah, you know, me. you know, the other thing, guys, is as we know, you know, Vancouverites tend to stay in their neighborhoods when they go out to watch them. Yeah, they don't funnel downtown as much as other cities. Well, do, yeah. and and part of that, Blake, and don't let me get on a rant and. Public this transport. is perhaps yes. why the pint and some of the others do better is that you don't have trains taking you to the foot of your destination yeah. like they do in Toronto and other cities. I, I, I do think as well that there is a bit of a missed opportunity with the, uh, the park casino. You know, they've got restaurants and bars in there, but like you've got to yep. go, you've got to walk to the far side of it. It's not the side that faces BC place or Rogers arena. Got to go to the far side, then you got to go up an escalator or two, or you know, and it's like it's just not, it's not that fan friendly. Like it, you think mm-hmm. if you had that right there, I'm I'm sure there's probably casino and gambling laws and reasons for it, but um, it's too bad that they're you know that didn't become a real entertainment complex that that lends. Do they have a sports well bar in there? There is one. You've got to go up like yeah, two or I've three. You got to go up two or three escalators, and it's it's yeah. you mm. I, you look at the. You know, if you're if you're looking at the Google Maps when you're in there, you're like, oh, I'm really close there. But it's like you've got to go all the <laughs> way around. Yeah, you've uh, got to you got to go through a bunch mm-hmm. of loops to get to to the rank. Lastly, Rob, sporting events, sporting teams that we used to have in this community. I saw you did a story on that um, this week. Uh, a top ten list, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Uh, I, I, hey, my vote would either go for the Air Canada Championship, the Grizzlies, or the Molson Indy because um, I, I like those events. Not a Vancouver those... Blazers fan. Huh? <laughs> Anyways, tell us about the story. Tell us about the uh, the list yeah. and how you came about number one. Yeah, it's well, it's funny. I mean, I, I didn't. Uh, I mean, it's not a list that I ranked, but I just, I just started. Ah. I just started thinking of what are the most notable. Uh, teams, teams, and events that we used to have that we no longer do, and and believe it or not, I then I then I counted. I was like, oh, it was actually ten. It wasn't a thing where I'm like, I need ten here. Um, but yeah, there's there's some things on there where it's just like I don't think the average fan, unless you were around when it happened, I don't think pe- many people would even remember the Vancouver Blazers, the WHA team that the Canucks that, that Vancouver mm-hmm. had right around the same time as this in the early '70s as the 
uh, Canucks expanded into the NHL. Who thought that was a good idea to go toe to toe with the Canucks? Um, owned by Jim Pattison, and they apparently tried to to bring Phil Esposito to the Vancouver Blazers, and wouldn't that have been been something? Wow. So um, that's kind of a, a, a real kind of quirky footnote. Of course, the Vancouver Grizzlies. I mean, that would be my vote. Um, you know, I, I definitely miss the NBA. But yeah, there's the the indie the indie being gone. I mean, that was a huge huge event for this city. I did go to the I remember going to the Greater Vancouver Open when it was one of the first years to the pro am day when the, right after the Canucks got Mark Messier and this was when he was popular in Vancouver for a very short time, <laughs> and he had a big gallery walk, walking with him around the course. Uh, so those are some of the fun ones, and I also I did a deep dive into the Vancouver Voodoo uh, recently as well, and, that, and that's also like that's a uh, you know that was if unless you were here, I don't think you'd believe like how big the Vancouver Voodoo were for a very short period of time in in the city of Vancouver. I uh, I, I vote Grizzlies, uh, Indian, and ACC. There's no seat like the courtside seat in the NBA. It's experiential beyond any in the yeah. other team sports. The noise of the Molson Indy, and I know that some people uh, in Yaletown would disagree with me here, but going to live motor racing, just your brain processing how fast these cars are, how late they break, and then, of course, the noise they make. Uh, again, it's sensory overload, and the reason why I love live golf is you get right there, mere feet away mm-hmm. from the best players in the world doing their thing, which is also a fantastic experience for a sports fan. If you haven't done it before, I invite you to get out to the CPKC Women's Open next week at Shaughnessy. Rob, marvelous stuff. Thank you for this. You weren't stretching at all on that top 10 list, nor were we stretching on this hit, buddy. Plenty of content. Plenty to chew on. Good stuff. Thanks, guys. Oh, to the people. To the people. Yes. Let's go to those people, shall we? Have to go to the people. I missed the people there. It's been a long, frustrating time for people here. To the people, we go. Rolling. Don't forget you. So, here's some price from Wall Center presentation. Applewood Auto Group and to the people you we go is brought to you by our man of the people, Jason Hominick of Jason.mortgage. A recent Secures and Price listener contacted Jason one month before their mortgage renewal. Jason noticed they could get out of their mortgage, get a lower rate, even with the get out penalty. They saved money. Had this listener waited on the bank to renew, would have cost them $7,000. That's the advantage you get with Jason Hominick by your side. Find him at Jason. Dot mortgage. What we got there, Blake? Uh, tell me I'm wrong right off the bat from Adam, the former bath guy. After having a second appeal against Major League Baseball for racial discrimination rejected, Angel Hernandez will no longer be employed by Major League Baseball after this season. I don't, they have a very strong union, the umpires. Um, I don't know what would be the grounds for getting rid of him. I, I know he's not a particularly liked umpire i haven't well performance yeah well i haven't stayed current with how he ranks performing performance wise and you know it is it is possible that whatever system is used internally by major league baseball in the union is not perfectly akin to to what you see on those umpire raider sites now but um yeah i i mean the ump show business has to stop 
Did you see the? We call got rid of Country J- Joe and Angel is next. Did you see the call on Justin Turner? A couple oh, ago? that was no. awful. I don't know no. who the ump was. <laughs> it was eighteen inches outside. But oh, okay. Rung so, up, strike out to end the inning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if these guys don't, you know, watch it, they may well be replaced by machines uh, eventually. Hot take from basketball field. DK Metcalf is traded by the trade li- deadline for defensive line help and a future pick. Jackson Smith and Jigba on a rookie deal and the way the colleges are developing wide receivers make them easy to find in the draft. DK will be phased out of the offense as the season goes on and becomes unhappy about it. Whoa. It's a big swing, Phil. I don't know if he gets phased out, but the over the first half of the take isn't bad, and just that, like, mm. yeah, the super special receiver is DK Metcalf super special. But even the super special, like, look at Odell Beckham Jr. bouncing around the league um, in like, his heyday. Yeah, no, uh, you know, do you, like, Calvin do you Johnson never guys? helped the Lions win games as right. great as he was. No, as I always say about receivers, they're like the guy who you know puts the tape and stickers on the box at the end of the assembly line. If you don't have everything before their job comes into being, then you don't have a successful club. You don't build from wide receiver out. What I will say about this, though, is uh, I'm not enthused with the take. Uh, Jackson Smith in, Big, in Jigba is barely 6'1". Tyler Lockett is a small guy as well at 5'10". Metcalf is your only jump ball, big physical receiver. Can't see him traded, even though he is a bit of a character. And who knows? I'm. I think I'm going ice cold, Phil. I'm going. I'm going hot. Oh. I I think this could be more likely next year. Mm-hmm. I think I think they stick with it this year, but I still yeah. I, I still think it's hot. And I'm not sure of his contract situation for next year. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, hot and cold equals a Luke. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Another hot take. Tyler Nathan Rourke gets at least three starts for the Jaguars this season. Wow. So I said earlier in the week my hot take is he's going to start and win games for Jacksonville. Part of that is. Will Lawrence hold up 17 games? But Blake, uh, I've dared to dream this week. Is there a world where Nathan Rourke takes over as the starting quarterback because Lawrence is ineffective? Now, we're talking about a generational quarterback talent coming into the draft in Trevor Lawrence. He hasn't been particularly surrounded yet in Jacksonville with the type of talent that leads to team success in the National Football League. But I wouldn't count Nathan Rourke out against just about anybody. I think he's that degree of talent. As said earlier, I think he checks just about every box for a starting quarterback. So I'm going hot on the take. I can't get it to sizzling, but I'll go hot on the take. Doug Peterson just a couple of days ago was comparing Trevor Lawrence to some of the best QBs of all time. So um, yeah. given that commitment, a performance, I don't mm-hmm. think Rourke is able to overtake Trevor Lawrence this season. But if Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. gets banged up, I mean, he still needs to overtake C.J. Beathard, of course, yeah, um, I, I don't as the number two guy. Issue. So I don't lo- think that's going to be an issue. Right now he's up against the stigma of being a CFL guy and Beathard having some degree of NFL and draft pedigree. I I'm going to look. I'm going to look. I don't think that will, uh, that will um, hold. And look, I... I Yes, I think there's like a 5% chance that Rourke overtakes him on Lawrence on performance. But here's the thing. They're now, they now have expectations in Jacksonville. 
So, you know, Lawrence isn't going to be given the passes that he would have been the previous two years when they knew, look, we're a young building team and mm-hmm. and this quarterback has to figure it out. Uh, Grady, break the tie. Todd, Todd, Todd. Thank you. Tell me I'm Le- wrong from Leaf. I'll be disappointed if Lionel Messi EAFC 24 is anything less than Bo Jackson Tecmo Bowl. Yeah, he does sort of have that that dominant level. Uh, he should be able to pretty much do anything in EAFC 24. For those who don't know, and we are going back to the 80s here, Bo Jackson in Tecmo Bowl was effectively a cheat code, yeah, right? Couldn't, couldn't not be tackled. If you played with the Raiders, you just handed the ball off to Bo, and even if the defense picked the right play, he would break several tackles and then scamper off for a long, yeah. for a long touchdown. Which is there, not too dissimilar from real life, actually. Like They actually kind of had it right. Well, there's a great part in, I want to say, the Bo Jackson football life, but it could have been another NFL Films documentary where um, that writer who's a big NFL fan from Nebraska, guy with the glasses, uh, Chuck, I'm forgetting his name, but he paints the scenario of think about the Japanese program programmers of Tecmo Bowl and think of what they must have thought of Bo Jackson to make him that impenetrable of a player. Yeah, when they the get the scouting text. notes, make this guy this good. Are you sure? Are you we're sure? Gonna, we're going to put it all the he's, way to 100 on all these attributes? He's invincible. He can't be tackled. I'm too young for that one, but there was a couple Madden games where Michael Vick was unstoppable. Right. He would just do a running play, and he could just outrun you know linemen, yeah. any linebackers coming at him. Very, very good comparison uh, on a newer uh, video game and with a, with a more recent player, although even he's been out of the loop for a long time. Brian, tell me I'm wrong. The province of BC has been spoiled by the quality of Canucks play-by-play commentators. Robson, Houston, Shorthouse, and I'll include Bachelor as well. Thanks for the Robson interview. Hashtag legend. Yeah, you're welcome, Brian. It was our I saw, pleasure. I saw people reacting to the Robson interview just like a few days ago. Like, And that's the beauty of those uh, holiday episodes, folks. Go back and listen to them mm-hmm. whenever. They're not, uh, not time sensitive, so... Grady asked yesterday, what do you miss the most about watching Canucks games, Blake? Well, let's what do start, they miss the most? Let's start with a true naysayer at Farhan Lalji TSN dot 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 ellipses. He, he ellipsed us because Farhan wants nothing to do with talking hockey in August. Only Farhan, you go to freaking Dallas in March or yeah, April. Yeah, exactly. Guess what they're talking about? The Cowboys. So, Farhan has a hardened rule. I love hockey nine months of the year. August yeah. is not one of them. Yeah. At Scar Bacon, them being up 2 nothing, 3 nothing, 10 minutes in, and we hammer the other team and make bank. Oh, really? Happens a lot. He's yep. on the betting line. I did that this year. <laughs> a lot like, of people made uh, yeah. some money on that. I like this one from Between Two Pipes. Feels like it's been over months since I heard a J.T. Miller fuck drop on TV. <laughs> Dr. Terry, there's an old maxim that applies here. The dog days of summer sports seem to drag on forever. I miss the excitement of game day, all the conjecture and prognostication. And then he has a yeah, gif. You good. don't know what, is, what you got till it's gone. Mm. Uh, let's move on here to our Frankie Corrado interview on Philip Hronick. Mike says, we may be looking at this Hronick trade wrong, at least from the Detroit point of view. What if they didn't want to trade Hronick, but they couldn't pass up the first rounder in this draft? And a second. And they did indeed get a good prospect 
at the number 17 spot. Yes, they got that uh, Axel Sandin Pelica, the defenseman out of Astros. It's possible, but all the messaging coming out of Detroit from people who followed the team was didn't react great when Sider took his minutes, and they thought he would be a difficult guy to resign after this year. But no, quite right. The return was sensational uh, if you're Detroit. Uh, NHL Dynasty GM says, I'm a Red Wings fan. I can tell you Hronik played really well with Ole Matta last season. I believe he got hit pretty good by Ryan Reeves. Yeah, he sure did. And was never the same after that. Ole Matta got hurt, and he played with Ben Sherrod. Also, he was awful the year before. Yes, Hronik took a very big step, it should be said, uh, in the last couple of years here. Uh, on our PJ interview, Joe says, Joshua and Garland with Suter. McKayef and Besser with Miller, a gritty hard-to-play-against winger for Petey and Kuz's line in D. Giuseppe, and Pud Colson with Bluger. Cole on the third pair, please. Wave and send Pearson to Abbotsford, which they may well do. They may well do just to get Pearson going matter. again. They mm-hmm. may be, you know, re, they might be able to send him down on a rehab stint. And the NHL yeah. might be okay with that, given what's happened. Right. JT Miller, 1641, says, Price made a good point I didn't think about with Suter, yet that he can definitely be our power play two center. As the last couple of years, we haven't had one, and Drys was always obligated to be there. Now we could actually have a legit PP2 with, say, McKayev right wall, Garland left wall, Besser net front, Rona quarterbacking and Suter in the bumper. I still don't like Beauvillier being bumper on power play one, but getting someone as good as Horvat there will be a challenge. And as we also know, that challenge is compounded by the fact you really do need a left shot there. And so thus Beauvillier. PP2 help, but also also the PK, right? Like, Which is the obvious yeah. point to be made here. But can you imagine how much better this season would have felt for the Canucks and the fans if – if they didn't hemorrhage shorthanded goals at the rate that they did, like mm-hmm. they, how many points do they, how many points do they get if they've got a, like a tenth overall PK, tenth in the league PK? Do, are, are they five points better? Are they ten points better? What, what do you think? Uh, ten sounds a little rich. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, you know, you almost have to go through the game log and, and see, you know, which games in particular. One power play goal against cost them, as opposed to some of those games and where teams rolled up multiple three, right, in blowout like, wins. But you know, five sounds reasonable. Yeah, I think infinitely reasonable. reasonable to me. Yeah, yeah. especially with I mean, Demko there and not Spencer well, Martin that, getting that, beat that, high glove yeah, on every all, shot. Although, yes, agreed. Although you know, your goaltender often has to be yeah. your best penalty killer, and yeah. that was not the case. Last year, Liquid Semtex says on the John Shannon interview regarding JT Miller, I've defended JT since day one and will continue to do so. He's hardworking. He's emotional. He wants to win more than anything. He takes the most media heat of anyone by far and is known to own up to his wrongdoings. He's literally the typical Canadian and people hate him for it. Brackets. I know he's American. Um, Canadians aren't as aren't as brash. Aren't by, as brash. By the, the, it's yes. the swagger. Yeah. 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 On a Rob Williams interview last week, Scott says the only reason he's polarizing, this is JT, is because the fan base has no idea what it takes to be a winner. We've always tended towards the lovable losers. That's all we got, man. Well, Canadians do generally prefer humbleness rather than Mm -hmm. the braggadociousness and Mm -hmm. and the chest out kind of people. That's, That's kind of fair. Yep. Harold, on our poll question yesterday, does the offseason move the needle for you? 
says, it's moved the needle slightly. While I agree the team has a long way to go, it's nice to see an offseason with well-thought-out, competent moves. It's been a long time. I'm cautiously optimistic about the future direction. Haven't been able to say this since Gillis. Mike says, not enough. Yes, they improved, but they are still a borderline wildcard team at best. Too many bad contracts. Nobody on good ELC. Still a weak defense. They will be better, but still not a real threat. Nobody's really arguing that, though, Michael. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I think uh, a lot of what they did now was what they could do now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the moving out of money over the next year and two um, will allow them to improve now into a contender. But... Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't know what else you would have asked them realistically to have done this Mm -hmm. season. And then lastly, Mike Berg says, didn't come close to replacing Horvat's 22-23 production, or you can say yes with Miller moving to center, but then you didn't replace Miller's numbers on the wing. Talk it will fire up the blender after 15 games or so. Miller could be back on the wing. Well, if Miller's back on the wing, it means Pius Suter has been sensational uh, at center ice, and they feel comfortable with Oman and Dries manning the other center spots. Secure's Price from Wall Center, presentation Apple at Auto Group. You can text us 778-402-9680. It's the Great Clips text message inbox. Great Clips. It's going to be great. I almost caught you there. No. You sounded a little flat-footed. No. Say something on my throat. Errors and omissions from yesterday's program. I don't have any on my list. Our, our friend Yerky and his rabbit ears. Oh. Seemed to think that when we were discussing that funny tweet about Trump being indicted in every NLE city except for Philadelphia, uh, says I had a slip of the tongue and accidentally referred to the Liberty Bell being in Florida. <laughs> which, I, I didn't um, hear that. I didn't hear that. Uh, it, it's possible. Yerky's pretty good on this stuff. It's very detailed. Sometimes he gets over-focused, though. Right? Some, well, yeah. so, the one thing you learn in radio after a while, or in, I guess, any kind of audio presentation, is sometimes people hear what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. You want uh, the mistake. But but uh, I, I will assure Yerke that I know the Liberty Bell is in Philadelphia. As a matter of fact, Blake and I once did a field trip to the Liberty Bell and Freedom Hall there yes, in true. Philadelphia during an NHL draft. A field trip. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys I mean, in elementary school. Well, I mean, kind of felt like that. We. <laughs> so when I used to squire Mike Whittingham and Blake Price about U.S. cities at NHL drafts, you know, we'd always throw in something local, something cultural, if you will. Well, not always. I'll, I'll remember that for Fort Lauderdale. There's just not not a lot to see in Fort Blake, Lauderdale. sitting on the beach in Lauderdale right. is cultural. That, okay, That's okay. what they do. I stand corrected. We went to the uh, we went to the JFK Museum there in Dallas. Yeah, you'll recall. And in Philadelphia, yes, we we took the tour, the Declaration of Independence. So yes, thank you to Yerky. Anything on your list, Grady? Nada. Ah. Proceed to Blake's Bodog line of the day. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, sports odds. So you like what you got. Getting a little bit closer to the Whitecaps back in action on Sunday. Richie Larea, not known for goal scoring, but 
you know, he may force the issue a little bit in his first match. So anytime goal scorer for Richie Larea in his Whitecaps debut, plus 700. On your Bodog line of the day. Thanks for listening, everybody. A reminder to subscribe to us and Rankwide wherever you get your podcasts. And then please do support the community sponsors you hear us talking about. Keep it local. <laughs>